Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another installment of The Gist of Freedom is Still Faith. I'm your host, Ilyasa Shabazz, and I'm dedicated to preserving the legacies of Malcolm X, Dr. Betty Shabazz, and countless others upon whose shoulders we all stand today. At The Gist of Freedom is Still Faith, we aim to empower our listeners with dignity and self-respect as we've taken an oath to empower at least one child. This show is co-produced by acclaimed educator and author, Ms. Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white. Here, we salute those committed to preserving a rich history through literature, the arts, the skill trades, and the humanities. So come on and gather your family, friends, and students to listen online at blackhistoryblog.com and on iTunes at blackhistoryuniversity.com. We thank you for joining us this evening, and we'd love for you to be a part of our discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. That's 347-324-5552. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm filling in for Ilyasa Shabazz tonight as your host, coming to you out of Kansas City, Missouri, where I am the president of the Midwest Afro-American Genealogical Interest Coalition. And also I serve as the public relations director for the Missouri State Genealogical Association. Tonight my guest is Aaron Eric McMillan McCall, who's here to talk about his play, Four Little Girls, which will kick off Black History Month, New York City and Harlem at the First Corinthian Baptist Church on February the 3rd. And a few of the cast members from that production is also joining us this evening. Hello, Eric. How are you? Hi. How are you? You know, you've got, um, you should have Surrette Scott, who's the director, and you have seven of our really wonderfully talented young ladies who are going to be a part of this presentation. Is everybody here? I think they're all here. Are they all here? Well, I guess not. <laughs> okay. Well, you said the director. Would you repeat that again? Hello? Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I was on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello. Greg Watkins is also here. And Greg Watkins. Greg Watkins is our musical director. Okay, Greg Watkins has joined us. And Surrette Scott, who's the the um, director. And Hello, yeah, Ashley here. Hello. Did I hear Hello. Ash? Did I we hear have Ash? quite a, Yes, we have Ashley. We've got a quite quite a few people on. So great. Hi, we also have Carol Bryant. Yeah, so if you can you can go ahead if you like to, sir. Okay. Um well let's start with you, Mr. uh with you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh the play Four Girls and well, um Well, we're really excited about this. We're doing um, Four Little Girls, Birmingham, 1963, which was written by Christina Hamm. It's being directed by the the wonderful Sorette Scott. Um, We have original music and arrangements by Catherine Bostic. This is a a one-night-only event. Um, We did this um, prior to 
to this at the Kennedy Center. And it was live streamed across the entire world on September 15th, which is the actual 50th anniversary of the bombing that took the lives of the four girls. So we're doing it here in New York City for the first time, so it's our New York world premiere. Um, this is a, 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 a partnership with Actors Equity Association, which is the, the union for all the professional um, actors across the entire country. It's the first time that Equity has partnered in such a, a manner with an organization like Project One Voice on an on a event of this size. So it's, it's a, um, a trio of, of producers. So First Corinthians Baptist Church, Actors Equity Association, and Project One Voice are all coming together to bring this story that commemorates the four little girls for Black History Month. We're also commemorating the, the landmark 50th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which, um, as your listeners will know, was, was passed on July 2nd, um, 1964, by Lyndon Johnson. And the passing of this bill was, um, this act was galvanized by the bombing that killed the four little girls. So this is very, very apropos in so many ways. Yes, it is. Very much so. And... Um Miss Scott, it's it's uh, Charette Scott, right? Yes. Okay, and Michelle Robinson, have you joined us as well? Uh, I don't think I don't think Michelle's here tonight. Okay, and Michelle is the assistant director. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with this, uh, Charette. Well, um, First, I want to say that this is an extraordinary opportunity to introduce a whole generation of young people to events that happened in our past that uh, for those of us who were around at that time, we are still uh, very much caught up in and we have memories of that day and those days around uh, the event that um, that changed this, this nation as a I think it's important to put it in context, and part of that context is that 1963 was a year uh, that had many historical events uh, back-to-back in a nation that was not at that time uh, ready for so many things to happen and also did not um, have any precedent for some of those things. Uh, one, The first thing that happened was in April uh, of 1963 that Medgar Evers was uh, killed. And, yes. um, yeah, and I, I think we everybody reacted to that because he was not a violent man. He was a man of peace in many, many ways. Um, that was in April. And um, the next thing that happened was the, the March on Washington in August of 1963 with Dr. King's extraordinary I Have a Dream speech that resonated all over the world. Uh, However, just three months, I mean, sorry, three weeks after that march on Washington, the the girls in Birmingham were killed in in the bombing in that church. So people don't even remember that it was only three weeks later that the event occurred. And uh, two months after that, uh, John Kennedy, President John Kennedy, was assassinated. Now, all of that happened in one year. And so much of what happened changed the way we look at things and the way we looked at the world because uh, it's important to remember that we didn't have just random shootings and people blowing things up. Um, It was just a different time and place. Nowadays, that kind of violence 
will make it to the news, but it's not all that new. It's so many things that are happening. But back then, um, that was uh, those stories all in one year were extraordinary. And people had to really ask themselves what the country was doing and where we were um, going to be headed from that point on. Yeah, that was a historic year all the way around in terms of the Children's March where all those children were arrested and also um, Martin Luther King's historic speech there in in Washington, Uh, I Have a Dream, which was uh, prompted to him by Mahalia Jackson when she Mm -hmm. was sitting behind him saying, tell them about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream. (laughs) (laughs) As Baptist Minister Wood, he he got with it and was not part of his planned uh, remarks. Uh, Speaking of uh, churches and whatnot, how did um, Corinthian Baptists get chosen as the venue? You know, um, um, First Corinthians Baptist Church is an extremely progressive church. Um, the pastor, Michael Walrun, is, is a, a huge force in, in, in the city of New York and especially in Harlem. Um, the church is, is very much a, a church of action. Um, they have a lot of um, great community service um, um, outreaches to the entire community. They do um, HIV-AIDS um, outreach. They do. There's a, a, an amazing soup kitchen that they have, and they're very, very much involved in, in the community. So to partner with Project One Voice, it was a, a no-brainer because we're about um, celebrating and honoring the African-American narrative, you know, using the African-American narrative to really explore the, the universal messages that, that, um, that are brought about through that narrative. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we, we chose First Corinthians. It was, it was just a no-brainer on our part. Okay. So that kind of replaces Sibian uh, Baptist Church as an activist church there in New York City, in Harlem? No. You know what? There, you can never have enough churches that are active, you know, in, in the fight. You can never have enough. So this is a very, it's a very um, younger, it's a much younger congregation. So the, the voices are, are very young, and, and they're, they're really, really out to, to roll up their sleeves and, and, and join the, the other fighters in the, in the fight against injustice in the city. Okay. I understand you have a, a, a little actress that auditioned um, for a spot in the play. Yeah, you know what? We've got um we have quite a few of them on the phone, so I'll let them start. Um is is Nia Nia on the phone? Yes. Hi. Yes, Would you... Nia. Hi. Just let them know your name. Say your full name. Hi, my name is Nia Ashley. Okay, and Nia, you're playing um Addie McMay. Addie McCall. I'm sorry? What was your question? Pardon me? And you are portraying Addie Mae Collins? Addie Mae Collins, yes. Okay. And what did you know about her before you uh, were asked to portray her in this play? Actually, I didn't know much about her, but I'm starting to research her in, um, like, school and everything, so you know I can actually do this play, because I think that a lot of people don't know about these four little girls, including me. So I'm trying to know myself about everything, uh, what happened even in that time. 1963. Okay. And what resources did you use in your research? What did you say? I'm sorry. 
can't really what, hear you. What, I'm sorry. What resources did you use in your research? Um, like school uh, uh, packets about the, like the Children's Day March that they had in 1963 with Martin Luther King, and like all the children going to jail so that they can actually uh, get freedom. Okay. And if you don't mind, what, uh, what grade are you, and how old are you? I'm in eighth grade, and I'm, I've just turned 13 because today's my actual birthday. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank and, you. Um, are you studying anything uh, in particular? Am I studying anything in particular right now? Um, no, not really. Um, but tomorrow, Monday, I'm actually going to be starting things in school. Okay. Tell me a little bit about what you know about the Children's March. Um. Uh, May 2nd, 1963, uh, children uh, from school, uh, Birmingham, which is like the most vicious, the most violent, uh, the most rigid city in Alabama, apparently, uh, they they all went to jail so that they can all get freedom and equal rights. Because And they all like saying, uh, we shall overcome uh, freedom, freedom, freedom. And that's all I know so far, but uh, I'm trying. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you see any events going on today that would perhaps motivate you to get out and march? Uh, I don't know about any events today except for the play for Little Girls, but uh, if I did know, I would be glad to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I think we have a, a, a few of the other girls on. Is it okay. anyone else? This is Miss Bryant with us. Hi. Okay. And who is it? Is this Miss Bryant Hi. or this Kale? Yeah, this is Kale. Kale. Kale Bryant, yes. and you're playing Cynthia Wesley. Yes, I the- am. Okay. And how old are you, and what grade are you in? I'm 14, and I'm in ninth grade. Ninth grade. Okay. Do you want to say hello to your teacher or your school? <laughs> um, I have and- a lot of teachers. That might take a while. Oh, that might take a while. What about the school, then? You want to say hi to... Um, well, I go to Poly Prep, so I just want to say hello to everyone who's listening from Poly. Um, and I'd really love for everyone to come out and support this play. It's very, it's a very important thing to me, um, and just getting the message out there. Okay. Now, have you had any formal training as an actress? Um, no, actually, but I started acting when I was four years old, um, and it kind of just took off from there. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of productions were you in it for? Um, well, my first commercial, which was actually my first audition as well, was a Downey commercial. Um, so then I did a lot of commercials after that. I starred in a movie called The Perfect Holiday when I was six. And then I did The Lion King on Broadway when I was 10, and I'm starring in a new movie, um, which I should be shooting sometime next month, which is called My BFF. Wow, you're a veteran actress already. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Now, what about you? Are there any events going on here recently that you would feel motivated to get out and march and protest about? Um, yeah, actually, uh, Stop and Frisk, the Trayvon Martin case, um, there's a lot of things happening in societies today that I think people really need to pay more attention to. I mean, even just watching the news last night, I saw 
a group of boys uh, beat up a young kid in Harlem. And I think even things like that people don't pay enough attention to. And together as a community, we really need to band together and stop things like that. Oh, very good. I really appreciate that. Glad to see that you are so uh, conscious of what's going on around you in today's environment. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, let's see, is Eden Duncan with us? It's Eden, but is Eden here? Mm, I guess Eden didn't make it. Okay. Um, what about Imani? Is Imani part of the cast? No, but but you know we do have um, Greg Watkins who's doing the music for us. He's online. Okay, uh, Greg Watkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little about the music that you've chosen for this uh, presentation. Hi, well, um, I, I just want to first say thank you to Arish for uh, inviting me to be a part of this project. I had the privilege of uh, serving as musical director for the uh, Kennedy Center production in Washington, D.C. back in September of last year. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing treat to come back uh, for this New York presentation. Uh, the music, of course, is uh, is phenomenal, uh, most of which our audience will have already heard. Um, we have influences from the gospel uh, style, the jazz style, uh, the uh, freedom songs as well. Um, and what Catherine Bostic has done with this music in terms of her own Arrangements and adaptations and interpretations is just stunning and amazing. So I'm just excited to be a part of it and to give it a little bit of my own breath and style. Okay. Now, you said gospel and jazz and freedom songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have pieces like, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. You have uh, any of the Motown sound? Uh, that's funny that you asked that because uh, she did, uh, Catherine did uh, arrange a piece uh, uh, entitled She's So Fine that we actually did not use for the Kennedy Center performance, um, but, but there's an arrangement of that <laughs> that's really lovely. But unfortunately, we won't be doing that in this presentation. Oh, I see. Now, yep. and Ms. Uh, uh, Catherine Bostic also involved with the music? Yeah, part yes, the- she is. Uh, she's a very intricate part of this uh we hope that she will, in fact, be uh, present, Harris, for the performance. We okay. will, her presence will definitely be there. Okay. <laughs> She's not related to Earl Bostic by any chance, is she? Yes, she is. I think, I'm not sure, I'm, don't quote me, but I think she is. And I'm, I'm Googling that as we speak because I knew that was going to be the next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I will be back with, back to you in like two seconds with that answer. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so is uh, Kale, is that pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay, you're still with us? Yes. Okay. What we just talked about there in terms of Trayvon Martin and Stop and Frisk, uh, are there any other uh, activities going on that you uh, would be motivated to march and talk about and, or, and to make others aware of? Um, so, uh, something else that I take part in 
um, which doesn't really have to do with violence, but I think uh, cancer with kids as well as adults, but um, cancer in general I think is something that uh, people in our community today need to band together and try and find a cure for. Um, I actually lost a friend uh, to cancer. She was 11 years old, and having that loss really impacted my life. Um, she was in Lion King, and I just think we can do it and we can find a cure if we all work together. Yeah, very insightful again. Um, has, um, is that Madej Monica, the young actress playing Carol Robertson? Has she joined us? Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like she has not. Okay, she has not joined us. Okay. So it seems like we just only have the, the two young ladies with us. Um, Hello, hi, it's Madej. Hey, Madej. Oh, Madej. Yeah. How are you, Madej? I'm Preston Washington. I'm the host here, Madej. I'm glad you joined us. And you are portraying Carol Robertson in this production on February the 3rd at the First Corinthian Baptist Church there in Harlem, USA. And uh, how old are you and uh, what grade are you in? Hi, um, I'm 13 years old, and I'm in seventh grade. Okay. You want to give a shout-out to your schoolmates or the school that you attend? <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this interview that I'm doing. And hi. <laughs> okay. And what's the name of that school that you attend? I go to MSP 17 Robert Benwick. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about your acting background. Is this your first exposure, or are you... Uh, have been involved in productions uh, earlier. Yes, I have, actually. I've been acting since I was five years old. I've been going to performing art school ever since I was five, actually. And I starred in a TV show called Celebrity Ghost Stories, and I was also in Disney's The Lion King, the national tour. And The Lion King, and it was on tour, you said? Yes. Okay. And uh, what events uh, here recently that are going on that would motivate you to want to get out and uh, go on a march very similar to what those children did in Alabama back in 1963 and 64? I'm sorry, can you repeat that again, please? I'm sorry? I didn't hear you. Can you please repeat that? No, I was asking... Uh, as I've asked the other actresses, are there events going on today that would motivate you to want to get out in March, uh, very similar to what those children did there in Alabama back in 1963 and 1964? Well, definitely bullying, because I've seen a lot of bullying happen since I've been going to school, and I feel that bullying is so horrible. So if I was able to have a March... On bullying, that would just be so amazing. So definitely bullying. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to remind our producer that I'm rebooting and uh, should be getting back in contact here shortly. Okay. Is Mr. Greg Watkins, is he on that information out yet? Still here. It's me. I'm. I'm. I'm still googling. 
Okay. <laughs> right. So, and I will I will have that for you soon. That's that's my job tonight. <laughs> okay. Now, um, Eric. Yes. This is in partnership with Project One Voice. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. We are Project One Voice. Yeah. yeah. Project One Voice was started um, um, about four years ago. Um, it was set up to to assist the African American viewers around the country who were having a really hard time after the um, economic downturn just before Obama took office when the the whole economy sort of tanked. And um, a lot of arts organizations were, were crumbling, and we saw that African-American-based organizations were, were crumbling at an alarming rate. And we wanted to do something to create awareness and find a way to, to help them survive and to keep and for, to allow people to understand that, that um, the African-American narrative is hugely important to the fabric of America. It is, um, and we're about to lose that with, with the with the fact that we're losing so many of these African-American-based theater organizations. So we're, we're sort of set up to, to keep that, those memories and those stories alive, keep them vital, keep them strong. Yeah, very much appreciated that you're involved in that work, uh, which is very much needed today. Uh, is Charette still with us? Yes, I am. I was going to ask Eric to uh, speak about the, speak the name that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we're you know Project One Voice has this really great initiative that we're doing um, for the month of February. What we're we're asking people to do it's called Rise Rise and Shine and Speak the Names of African American History Makers. For the entire month of February, what we're asking people to do is we're asking them to each day to select an Af- the name of an African American who has inspired and empowered the idea that in America success is possible, happiness is is possible and change is possible. We're asking people to share those names with each other on social media. We're asking people to share their stories and to just simply speak the names. Because that, we think that it's really, really important that we, we remember the ground on which we stand. And we do that by, by remembering them on a daily basis. So in this African American History Month, we're, we're really, really reaching out to people and asking them to speak the names of people who have really, really inspired and empowered them. And this doesn't have to be someone that's famous or someone that invented something, something wonderful, but it's, it's, um, it could be your mother, it could be your aunt, it could be your sister, it could be anyone that has inspired and empowered success, happiness, and change in your life. You know, um, that is an excellent suggestion. I'm thinking about, particularly with social media, I begin to notice that they're having throwback Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And on apparently Thursdays, people are posting old pictures of family members and this, that, and the other. And they're calling it throwback Thursday. Uh, yeah, I'll speak their name. I think you just got something started here. Yeah, I, I just think Eric. it's so, it's just so important because it's, you know, it was. I read something recently where if you speak the name of of the ancestors, if the ancestors, if you will, that that spirit will will continue to be with you. And I think, you know, imagine starting your day speaking the names of someone, the name of someone like Crispus Attucks, who was the first person killed in the American Revolutionary War, and he was African American, 
and to be able to share that information with, with 28 other people or, or however many number of people. But that, the history of him and how he, he was really the first person to, to start on, on this quest for, for freedom in this country um, is, in, is very empowering and very inspiring. And I think we don't hear enough of that, that history being spoken in our schools. And I think it should not necessarily be the complete and total job of the school to do this, but I think it's something that we should, we should um, sort of keep alive within our families and within our, our circle of friends. Um, so I think it's really, really important that we speak the names of these people. Very, very good. In fact, uh, that's one of the first things I'm going to do uh, when we conclude this show on my social media. I'm going to speak a name. Yeah. Uh, Eric, do you recall um, a gentleman who called in about his sister? Um, mm-hmm. wanting Fate to... Morris. Fate Morris. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, give the audience an explanation about that, uh, that very powerful interview we had with that gentleman. Fate Morris is the brother of Cynthia Wesley. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, and um, he he gave this really riveting um, um, explanation of how of what happened immediately after the bomb. And he was actually um, had gone, rushed down to the church with a friend of his, and they were sort of rustling through the through the through the rumble, uh, the rubble. And he actually discovered his sister's body, which was Cynthia Wesley, and. Yeah. And on the, the air, he was retelling the story, and he literally broke down. And he was just just so distraught about the fact that he just didn't know and he, there was nothing he could do. I mean, he was maybe, what, eight or nine years old at the time. And imagine that's the last image that you have of your sister is, is seeing her, you know, in a pile of rubble, you know, after a bombing. And it was just really, really you know, gut-wrenching testimony of, of what he had witnessed. And it, it was a testament to what people went through at that particular point in time, you know, after the bombing. And I think it's important that people remember the fact that back then it wasn't a case of people going to therapy to, to deal with these problems. I mean, people really had to find a way to cope. And um, a lot of these people weren't, they weren't wealthy people, so they couldn't go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to get the, the, the psychological ac- examinations that they needed to, to help themselves. So we're dealing with people who are, who are still dealing with um, remnants of that, that day. I spoke to Sarah Collins Rudolph, who is uh, one of the survivors of the bombing. She was, there were actually five girls that were, um, that were, the four girls were killed, but Sarah survived. She's a sister of Addie Mae Collins, and she told me that she still has nightmares you know, about that time. And for a very, very long time, it was very difficult for her to go into any open spaces, especially churches. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the two boys, Eric. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, there were also two young men who were not on site. Uh, They were not on site in the church, but the, the men who committed this act uh, encountered them in the street and in Birmingham, and both of those young men were were killed, and um, it was a direct connection with what was going on, what had happened 
in the church. And, and most people don't know that those young men were also killed. Yeah. Yes, thank you for reminding us of that, uh, of what happened you know, to those two young men. You know, if I might add something else, I, I, I don't say this out loud a lot, but I'm, I'm going to share, share this. It's not, nothing crazy. But, you know, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I was actually born in 1963. Um, and, and I've had the, the wonderful opportunity to have gotten to know all of the families and I'm, I'm actually sharing something on the air with all the young ladies that are, that are doing this production. I had a conversation with all four families, and they're each going to have an opportunity to interview the sisters of the four girls that were, that were killed and to, in preparation for their roles for, in Four Little Girls Birmingham 1963. So um, I actually just got off the phone with them all, and they're really excited to talk to the girls about, about their sisters. Okay, Eric, speaking of those two boys, and I believe there was a fifth girl who might not have died. I think she was severely injured. Mm -hmm. um, do you see a play coming up about them, the two boys and that fifth girl? Well, you know what? We've missed, they're included in this story. Um, Sarah Collins is very much a part of this, this story, and her sister Janie is very much a part of this story. I think what Christina Hamm has done so wonderfully well is she's, She's really been able to depict um, what was going on in Birmingham in a very, very well, very well, and in a very true sense. Because I'm from Birmingham, I when I was reading the play, I was really impressed by how authentic she was to the surroundings of Birmingham. And um, the one of the reasons why she was able to do that was because her mother grew up in Birmingham, and she was actually um, she actually went to the 16th Street Baptist Church, so she knew the families as well. And she knew all the local, local department stores. She knew all the local um, places that people would go for movies, for, um, for ice cream. So all those places are mentioned in this piece. So it's really, really very um, accurate in its depiction of Birmingham and, and the people and what was going on. Okay. You think it would be possible on a future day to invite them to the Gist of Freedom? You know what? I actually that that I'm already working on that for you as we speak. You know, Christina Ham. I, I chatted with her this this um, today, and I was hoping that she'd be on today. But but I think we're coming back on later, so we'll definitely try to make that happen for you. Okay. And does Condoleezza Rice? Uh, what kind of role does she play in those events back in 1964? And Condoleezza Rice was a member of President Bush's cabinet. Right. You know, Condoleezza grew up in Birmingham, and her family left um, Birmingham almost immediately after the bombing. Um, and she, she was great friends with, with the girls. Um, but, you know, Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice and, um, and Eric Holder both came down to Birmingham for the event in Birmingham. They, they were part of a, a, a pre- um, conversation before the reading that we did in Birmingham. You know, on September 15th, we had about 35 readings all over the entire country. And we were happy to say that we had six in Alabama. And the six that we had in Alabama represented the, the spirits of the six children that were killed in Birmingham that day. So they were very, they were represented on that day just as they were um, 50 years earlier, on September 15th, 1963. Um, but, yeah, we were very, very fortunate to have um, 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 Attorney General Holder and um, Condoleezza Rice as, um, as panelists for the pre-discussion in Birmingham. Okay. Are our uh, actresses still with us? 
Yes, we are. Hey, uh, Nia, let me start with you. Uh, besides acting, what else are you involved in? Um, I also like to sing, and uh, <laughs> I am in an African dance company called Usama Dance Company, and I do a lot of um, shows with them. And Actually, I'm doing one on February 5th at Rutgers University. Good for you. And what does the future hold for you? What are your plans? You're going to be an attorney, an actress, United Um, States teacher? What's up? I really want to focus on being a singer. I want to be an entertainer. I'm really big in singing. Uh, I really like to sing more than, like, anything. Like, uh, dancing and acting is something that I also want to get up and focus on, too, but more singing as well. Singing is my main my passion. So, yeah. Okay. Are you singing in church right now? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually sang today in church for my birthday, too. Um, I sang How Great Is Our God. Uh, I also sang I Surrender All. But um, I'm planning on maybe being in the choir at church. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, give us a little bit about uh, some information about your performance. Are there any particular lines or any particular place in the performance that really stood out for you? In this play, Four Little Girls? Or? Yes, in Four Little Girls. Um, I haven't really looked at anything yet, but I am looking at it tomorrow, so I will <laughs> keep you updated on that. So, I mean, okay. um, yeah. Okay, well, what about, tell us a little about, uh, more about the performance coming up at Rutgers. Um, and um, when's the... It's for Black History Month. Uh, we are going to be honoring Nelson Mandela, and uh, we're also going to be performing one of the African dances called uh, Sorsene and Makaru. So it's from West Africa, and um, I'm glad to be performing there. I mean, I'm honored to be honoring Nelson Mandela. Okay. Well, give us uh, give us that date again, the location and the time, and if you have a phone number for a contact person. Some of our okay. listeners might be in the area. Well, it's in North New Jersey, of course, in um, Rutgers University, uh, and also uh, date it's on February fifth, and the time for that is it's um, seven o'clock p.m. And I hope to see you there. And um, the director, the artistic director, is. Karen Love, um, her number I can actually give you is, hold on. <laughs> not, not her personal number. Oh, what, what did you say? Not her personal number. How about a website? It's Umoja Dance Company. You can um, go on their website. Okay, say that a little bit slower. Umoja Dance Company. It's U-M-O-J-A. 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 Umoja. Okay. U M O G no U M O J A. Sorry. U M O J A. Okay. U M O J A. Dance company. So yeah, I'm glad to be And Rutgers University is where? Uh, it's in North New Jersey. And New Jersey. Okay, Rutgers, New Jersey. Yeah, we might have some listeners in that area that might want to come out and be involved and. And then check it out. You know, there's, uh, there's, 
You know, I was going to say there's one thing that a really interesting story I think is um, Sorette Scott has a really wonderful story about when she was 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 a part of the um, the the movement during the during the days of the movement. Do you? Oh, uh, what Eric is uh, referencing is that in 1969 I was a a part of an organization called the Free Southern Theater. And we were based in New Orleans. Uh, and it was a theater company that went uh, into the rural parts of Mississippi and Louisiana. And uh, we performed, but we, we performed sometimes scripted shows, but very often we did uh, improvisations. For, for people in the community, and they, the improvisations had uh, to do with uh, voter registration, um, integration, school desegregation, uh, things like that, things that we, information that could be passed on through um, an art and sort of artistic or creative context so that uh, um, the the people we were performing for didn't feel preached at uh, because some of them um, were having were having just issues with dealing with uh, the freedom, some of the civil rights movement uh, individuals simply because they came in from other parts of the country and didn't quite know how to. To, to, to speak to the people in, in a way that the people understood what it was that they wanted them to do. So I think that uh, doing plays and skits, as they called it, um, was very helpful. And we did not necessarily do them in, we didn't do them in theaters at all. We did them in um, places like parking lots and, and backyards and basements and these sort of community centers uh, and we toured Mississippi and Louisiana in the very smallest uh, cities or or towns or sometimes just uh, one or two houses in some area, and people would come. And sometimes we performed in cotton fields. What, uh, what other um, productions um, are to your credit, Charette? Uh, well, I live here on the East Coast, but my um, artistic home actually is in San Diego. I, I work at the Old Globe um, quite a lot. I've, I've done a dozen shows out there. Um, don't ask me how that happens, but that's the way it is. <laughs> um, but I do regional theater all over the country, so um, I travel a lot doing um, mostly commercial theaters, uh, regional theaters, and off-Broadway here in New York as well. Uh, I, as often as possible, try to align myself with with uh, projects like the one I'm doing now with Four Little Girls because I just feel like the only way that people um, of a younger generation generation will know anything is for us to just to take the time to do it so that they can have some understanding of where they came from and that gives them an understanding of where they're going. Very much so. Very commendable work that you and uh, Eric are doing. Is Kale still, still with us? You yes, know what? I am. But, Kale, you know what? We've got Eden. Eden just joined us. Okay. Right? Oh, Eden just joined us. Uh, Eden Duncan Smith, who is playing uh, the role of Denise McNair. Is she there? They just emailed me. Well, maybe she's not there. <laughs> 
Okay. Then I'll go back to I'll go back to Kale and yes, uh, and would want to know what other activities you're involved in uh, besides acting. Um, as well as acting, I also dance. Um, I go to Alvin Ailey Dance School. I've been there since I was four, four-ish. Um, and they they give me a lot of great opportunities, which is why I love going there. Um, I've danced at the White House with them, and I've danced in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was a really great experience. Okay, great. Now I understand that May Day is with us now. Yeah, Madai. Madai, yeah, she's 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 been with us. I think it's uh, Eden that we were waiting for. Oh, Hello. I'm sorry. Yes. Aiden? Are you with? Yeah. Okay. Aiden, is that? Am I pronouncing that right? Eden. 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 Yeah. Okay. And Eden, how old are you? And what grade are you in? I'm 14 years old, and I'm in the ninth grade. In the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to give a shout out to your school? Yeah, your shout school? out to Professional Performing Arts School. <laughs> professional Arts. And um, how long have you been acting? I've been acting since I was, I think, five years old. Okay. Can you tell us some of the productions that uh, things you've been involved in, to your credit? Um, sure. Uh, when I was, um. Nine, ten. I think I was in Senses. I and then right after that, I did The Lion King, and I just finished the Annie movie. And I've done some commercials and off-Broadway shows. And uh, the question I put to the other actresses um, in terms of this production that you're involved in: Are there any events here recently that are going on? that would motivate you to want to get out and march, protest, or bring to the forefront uh, to your neighbors and friends and advocate for change? Absolutely. Actually, um, we we just did kind of a thing in humanities where we were talking about our views on certain points. And... Honestly, there are a lot of things going on right now that were and also that were going on then that really that really people should be standing up and trying to fight for and it's it doesn't seem like anything is happening just gradually increasing to be worse and worse and so yeah, I believe that we definitely should getting off our butts and just like trying to march and stick up for what we believe in. Okay. Uh, Do you have any events coming up after um, your involvement on February 3rd and the Four Little Girls? After, After that, I think I have a party thing for because I'm a brand ambassador for a water company called WADA and we have a party going on to just like you know tell the world about WADA I think because we're starting a new campaign called Spark the Party and it's their new sparkling water so yeah 
And um, what are you looking forward to in the future in terms of a career? Have you given that any thought as yet? What do you have your heart mm-hmm. set on? Yes. Um, well, obviously, I, I go to a performing arts school. I, I would love to be a professional dancer or an actor or a singer, you know. But if that doesn't work out, you always have to have a plan B. And I, I, um, I've taken an interest in writing over the past few years. It's, it's not like overtaking my life where I'm like, I really should start like taking writing classes because I that's I feel like if if it doesn't work out with all the performing arts, like if I somehow like do something to my body where I can't like stand anymore or something, I I really want to write something that I really want to do. I'm getting the impression that you four young ladies are just going to accomplish anything you set your mind on. (laughs) Very strong impression. uh, Thank you. Now, Mayday, are you there? Hi, yes, Mayday, I'm here. Okay, and I don't believe I've heard from you in terms of activities other than acting that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm involved, well, I obviously do singing. I Actually, singing was my first thing that I've been doing since I was five years old. And then later on that I took on acting, and I've been dancing for a very long time since I was, my mom actually put me in dance when I was two years old, so that's basically what I do. And I take volleyball right now. I had my first game last Sunday, last Saturday, actually, and yeah. Very well, well-rounded group of young ladies that you've uh, got involved in this play, Eric. Um, no, it's it's Sorette Scott. Sorette, uh, <laughs> the credit then goes to Sorette. Uh, yes. Well, I'll take it because they are extraordinary, and we oh. uh, when when we did another interview uh, recently, and um, six of them were in the room together. It was just joy just to see them interact and to talk about what they're doing and the things that they uh, are feeling and what they want to say to the world. I, I you know, it just just makes you hopeful about a lot of things. Yes, and I can see why, as I said earlier. Uh, I'm very impressed, and I think these young ladies are going to accomplish just about anything they set their mind to. Uh, Eric, we're uh, coming up on the hour where we're going to have to say goodbye. Uh, do you mm-hmm. have any final thoughts, uh, any contact information, any other events that you have coming up? You, you know, actually, actually, we do. Um, First of all, I just want to remind everybody, it's um, um, Monday, February 3rd, here in New York City at the First Corinthians Baptist Church, which is um, on 116th Street in, in Harlem. Um, you can contact us or you can reach, find out information about Project One Voice at our website at www.projectthenumeralonevoice.org. Um, that's, that's our website. And we're, you know, every June we do um, an event called One Voice, One Play, One Day, where we gather all the um, theater companies, African-American theater companies together to read one play by an African-American all on one single day. This year it's going to be on June 16th, and the plan is to read for colored girls 
around the entire country. And it's going to be an event that's about sisterhood, bringing women together to, to talk about what it means to be a woman and how women can come together to inspire and empower one another. Um, and, and what we're loving about this is um, we have Surrette Scott, who was a part of the original um, Broadway company, who is going to be directing it here in New York City. Oh, wow. We've got to get you back on and talk more about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That event. Any other events? That's it. And, and my birthday is coming up on February 20th. So, <laughs> yeah, I turned I turn 51. I'm getting grayer and grayer as the day. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm sure somebody's going to speak your name. Uh, February. Uh-huh. Just, just my mother. <laughs> on February twenty second. It's been a very enjoyable um, hour that we spent together. Um, to our listeners, I've been talking with um, Eric McMillan McCall, uh, executive director of Project. What's that again? Project Voice One. Project One Voice. Project One Voice. Um, talking about a play coming up for little girls that will be premiering February 3rd. Not a premiere, but a, uh, a viewing and, and rendering. First Corinthian Baptist Church, Harlem, USA, of 1912, Adam Clayton Boulevard. We've also been visiting with Sarette Scott and the actresses involved, Nia, Kale, Aiden, and Mayday. Hope I got those names right. My name is Preston Washington. I've been your host here for the Gist of Freedom. I want to remind you that these shows are archived and are available for free via iTunes at blackhistoryuniversity.com, www.blackhistoryuniversity.com. Our producer is Leslie Gist. If you'd like to contact her, you can do that at leslie at the gist, that's G-I-S-P, of freedom. If you have program suggestions or topics you would like discussed on the Gifts for Freedom. And right now I'm going to say good night. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night.